Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today's show 64. And today I'm going to be chatting a little bit about Lotox entertaining, my thoughts on how to do it in a Lotox way in the start in the first part of today's show. And then I've got a little interview with an inspiring winemaker who is a biodynamic winemaker in Western Australia here in Australia, given she's in the state of Western Australia. I guess you could have figured that out for yourselves, really. But uh, Vanya Cullen is wonderful and, and a woman who's been on quite a journey from low chemical input to organic to then biodynamic. And she really shares exactly what they did, what they do. We learn about flower days and earth days and, and all sorts um, when it comes to her giving us the details on the biodynamic aspect of her vineyards and also of the wines and what she likes to pair them with and all sorts of things. And we've got a special offer from them um, if you want to check that out on the show notes. Speaking of special offers, it is a new month, the month of December. How on earth did that happen? And for the month of December, I am super delighted to give you 10% off the entire Nourish Life website. And uh, and so that is whatever you get on there, um, that's obviously full priced. If things are already um, discounted, then that doesn't count. But you uh, just use today's code in the show notes and you can have 10% off the whole site. So if there are things that you've been eyeing off or a little link that you want to send your mum or your brother or sister or husband or nephew to say, this is what I want. And by the way, I've even got a, a shopping code for you to to make it a little bit less expensive, then why not share the code with them as well? It means that not only do they not have to think about what you want because you've told them, they get a little discount too. Um, Or just get yourself something nice and, of course, make it something you need. But the beautiful thing about Nourish Life is everything's low-tox and um, if you're someone who's passionate about plastic-free, then you've got a fantastic plastic-free section. If you're passionate about reusables, I've got the wonderful um, reusables pack. So this for me is a is a is a pack that I created with all of my favourite reusables from the Nourish Life site in one offering. So uh, I would highly recommend that you check that one out. I've popped it in the show notes today. Make a great gift, or you can even just separate it out and use each of them as little gifts. And within Nourished Life, we've also got an offer from an awesome Australian low-tox sunscreen. Now, for our international peeps listening, um, Nourished Life does have the capability to ship internationally. You just need to get in touch with them for what the price would be there if, if anything that I'm talking about is something that you want to check out. But these little urchin sunscreen is gorgeous. This little urchin sunscreen, pardon me. I was sent it when they first went into business last year. For anyone who's tried to make a sunscreen out there, it is an extremely costly exercise, not only to trial and produce it, but to then get it passed through the um, regulatory bodies for its SPF rating. It is not something someone undertakes lightly. And uh, for people to then do it in such a way that doesn't contain any nasties for us on our beautiful largest organ, nor does it send nasties out. You know, sometimes chemicals aren't particularly harmful to us. They might bioaccumulate in the oceans. um, And that is definitely the case with sunscreen uh, in some ingredient cases. So um, the good news about buying low-tox sunscreens is you don't need to worry about any of that, not for your own health, but not for the planet's health either. And 
and Little Urchin is gorgeous. I have road tested it with a few friends on my own son. People have said it is definitely a less thick low-tox option than some that they've tried and I absolutely agree with that observation. And they've also just brought out a tinted moisturiser and a regular daily moisturiser. And the offer from them, shopping through Nourish Life, if you use the code free, if you, you've used your 10% code for the, the whole shop, then in your order comments box, there's an opportunity to write something and you put free urchin in that box. If you get uh, the sunscreen and the tinted moisturiser, you get the moisturiser for free. So essentially it's a 33% discount. And then you get to try all three products from the range. And the tinted moisturiser is an SPF 30, as is the sunscreen. And it's three hours uh, water resistant, which is a little bit longer than some of the other low-tox sunscreens. So that is already a, a huge bonus. You know, it's hard to run around after kids. They don't love it being applied at the best of times, let alone every hour. So to know that you've got three hours before you have to bother them again to apply, that's always a good thing, right? So enjoy making the most of um, your brilliant uh, Nourish Life site-wide offer and um, also the Little Urchin offer. And I might just – I'll pop in the show notes as well, or I have today because you'll see it today, the other packs that I've created. So I've done one for um, the face, one for kids. Um, So if you've got a – you know, if your sister has small children and you want to get them something really special, well, you want to get your sister something really special for the family for Christmas, then I've done a Lotox Kids pack of all my favourite kids' products. And then we've got a great one for the home. Now, I get that giving someone cleaning products might not be a particularly sexy way to go for Christmas. But hey, someone might have asked you. And then this way, you get literally one of everything that you need. So I'll pop all of the low-tox packs that I've created in Nourished Life for you in the show notes today. So you can check them out. They're all of my favorites on their site. And that little urchin code and your Nourished Life code for your 10% off. All the good things. And I'm just going to remind you again that uh, Whole Foods Collective is offering you guys, uh, Australian residents only, an additional 10% off your first order if you join their membership and place a Whole Foods pantry order through the Whole Foods Collective, Whole Food Collective website. This is a brilliant um, concept. Get this, $59 membership. And that's your yearly membership. You get a whole bunch of fantastic value adds for that membership. Um, Three months of Food Matters TV subscription for free included in there. Some really great content. I've contributed a few tips and videos. Um, We're talking about how we can collaborate to do some extra value adds on our e-courses with those guys. So there's, and, and things are going to develop over time in, on that front. But even just to spend $59 on your membership gets you, wait for it, 30% off on average of your whole food, almost always organic. They obviously try when they can if something's completely out of stock in the whole country to use the best possible next option from conventional. But Everything I've seen so far has been organic, so um, they're staying true to their word of almost always there. And you get 30% off every single shop of the year on your whole fruit pantry items. So for me, that's a no-brainer to spend 59. Most people will make that back in, in the months, stocking up on nuts, seeds, magnesium flakes for the bath, you know, tapioca and coconut flour if you bake our recipes on lotoxlife.com um, and a whole bunch. And then with the low-tox code, you get 
an additional 10% off. So that's actually nearly 40, around 40% off for this first shop. So you'll definitely make your um, money back on that 59 membership. And just have a think about everything you're going to be using over Christmas. You're going to be garnishing cakes with nuts. Are you going to be needing dried fruits um, for puddings? Are you going to be needing to stock up on things like dulse flakes, tahini, you name it. You know, it's a huge, wonderful store. It's a great concept. It's a new Australian business, husband and wife team um, who are really inspired to address the concern that people want to trade up on their groceries but just don't often have the budget to, to just switch everything to organic and they're helping make that possible, which I think is awesome. So, low-tox entertaining, hey? I just wanted to share a few things that I'm thinking about already in the lead-up to Christmas because that's what I'm celebrating. It might not be something that you're celebrating. It might be from a different religion. You might not be religious at all. But everybody tends to do end-of-year and start-of-year catch-ups. It's a time for socialising, connecting with people we love, no matter what the context is. And I think something I've learnt over the years is that I don't have to say yes to every single person who says, let's have a Christmas catch-up. And I I don't think that's being rude either, that self-preservation as much as it is anything else. And it's also just having a little reflect on people that drain you versus people that fill you up, people that energise you. And I used to say yes to everything and would sometimes find, why am I so exhausted? I feel terrible. Or I I felt really guilty that I didn't enjoy a catch-up. And, you know, the world is full of billions of people and not everybody is for everybody. And and that's okay. And if there are people who are going to be draining to you at this particular time in the year... Obviously, you know, I'm not saying don't be nice to people or kind to people or give people your time. There are times when you do things purely out of the goodness of your heart and for no other reason, and we all know what those times are. But in terms of filling up our our social calendars with everybody and anybody who said let's catch up, um, I just don't think it's wise. I think it creates end-of-year burnout and I think it's something we don't um, admit to ourselves enough. So maybe just as a tip, be conscious of all of those times and start to just think, um, actually, you know what, this, this year has just totally filled up and I'm afraid I don't have time. There's nothing impolite about just standing your ground really gently on that without making the other person feel bad and, and just preserving some of that free time for yourself because I think if we fill up every day, all day with breakfasts, brunches and lunches and dinners and catch-ups and drinks, not only do we not get any time to fill our own cup back up to be able to get out there and be social and um, give love and kindness and all the beautiful positive things that we do at the end of the year. But we can also start to resent people and actually it's not their fault, it's ours because we weren't strong enough to just go, you know what, that diary is unrealistic. If I add another thing to it, I'm going to leave that free and I'm going to say politely um, no. And then that means someone who really does energise you, someone who you love and adore and someone who's going to lift you up and make you feel a million bucks does come in a week later and say, there's no chance that you've got time for a quick coffee before the end of the year. You can go, oh my gosh, yes, because I left some space. So, you know, and that'll just feel so good because you see one of your your faves. And I can say as having had my birthday last week and um, filling it with a 
just a few catch-ups, quality catch-ups with some of my favourite people. I felt energised, excited, grateful and so happy to have those people in my life because I had decided very consciously who I was going to let into birthday week and and what I was going to make time for. Um, And I didn't let myself be overrun by other people who wanted to do nice things for me only. It was about um, ensuring that it was an an awesome two-way street in all aspects. Something that we obviously don't have a huge amount of choice over is if we don't agree with certain family members or they're not our favourite people. Sometimes, you know, there's many families that have quite a stressful time at the end of the year when everybody's catching up. And if you didn't listen to last week's show, uh, then about nonviolent communication and compassionate communication, then you absolutely are going to love it in terms of gearing up for this time of the year. But, you know, I think... Just stick to the people in your family um, for the most part that are going to be easy and wonderful and lovely for you. And, you know, if if it's draining, just feign having to take your child for a little walk um, to chill them out or calm down and just go spend some time with your little person um, if it's all getting a bit too overwhelming in the big family setting that that might be a bit draining for you and create like a little pocket of quiet in that huge stretch of time that we have those long lunches or big dinners that go on for hours and hours and I find sometimes if I just go and lie in the bed with my son have a bit of a cuddle have a chat you know if it's Christmas I'll sort of you know just say something as simple as let's have a chat about what your favorite toy was that you received and how they might like to thank that person and just chill and and hug and it just brings you back to brings you back to a sense of calm and gratitude. I think otherwise we can start to resent these situations. Um, But find the things that you're grateful for within these situations and then you'll be a much happier camper over Christmas um, or whatever it is that you're celebrating. In terms of the food, uh, my only piece of advice I'm going to give you now is to not make things complicated. Oh, gosh, I know I've got two pieces of advice. Not make things complicated, A, um, and not do too much. We are such martyrs when it comes to entertaining in uh, Western culture and if you look to the amazing Northern European culture in, in Denmark of entertaining being everybody's job, even if it's at one person's house, everybody pitches in, um, just as we explored with my um, wonderful chat with Mike Viking uh, last oh, a few months ago now. Gosh, it was show number 43, I think it was, 42 or 43 with Mike. Um, it's a beautiful chat all about hygge, which is the Danish art of creating coziness in one's day. It's just beautiful. But what I really took from his show was also that putting an end to martyrdom when it comes to entertaining. And if you're looking at the Christmas list and you're looking at everybody who's coming along um, to whatever function there are many, many people or maybe everyone's coming to your house, do not be afraid to say, right, this is the this is the feast kind of menu. I would love it if you could do the lentil dish. I'd love it if you could bring the cheese plate or two cheeses from the plate if it's a bit much on the budget. You know, I would love it if you could sort out the sourdough. I'd love it if you could bring the pulled pork or, you know, and just give everybody one thing to do and that's what we do in our family. It's what we've always done or at least once we got smart about it a few years ago. And it is just such a pleasure because everybody feels like they made a contribution. 
everybody gets to congratulate everybody on bringing this beautiful feast together and there's a real sense of communal effort instead of solo martyrdom where you're revered and um, congratulated and then you actually just fall in a tired heap in the kitchen later on because you had to do everything yourself and you can resent the beauty of coming together with your favourite people or your family members if you're too exhausted because you worked too hard. So if you're that A-type who takes it all on and says, no, no, I'll do it, I'll do it, and, and you know, you think you're going to feed off the joy of doing that for everybody, it is very exhausting. And then you've actually got to socialise with everybody on the day or the evening and it's all about a bit of self-preservation. So share that love and share the duty of all of the work that goes into preparing a magnificent feast, you won't regret it. Something I love to do is serve a bit of a celebratory drink. One of my defaults is based on a cocktail I did back in my bartending days. For those of you who don't know, I used to be hilariously a very well-known cocktail bartender (laughs) um, and ran one of Sydney's best bars, Lotus, uh, for many years. And um, I just loved that place and I loved what we did there. It was always about uh, drink the best you can afford and a bit less. It was very classy, a small bespoke little bar. And there was a cocktail I created that I won a competition for called the Celestial. And while it was a drink that you shook and serve in a martini glass, I do something called a Celestial Spritz that I actually did for Gourmet Traveller, you know, photo shoot once for them. And um, it's essentially a little, uh, you get a one litre carafe, you put a little bit of gin in the bottom and then you can skip the gin if you're not a drinker, that's absolutely fine. But let's call it 100 or 150 mils of gin in the bottom of a one litre carafe. And then about 150 mils of either freshly pressed apple juice. If you don't have a juicer at home, you can pick some up from a a juice place and chuck it in the freezer until your event day when you're going to need it so you still get that beautiful fresh apple instead of bottled apple juice. And then a few torn kaffir lime leaves, say three or four, and about 60 mils or no, about 90 mils of elderflower cordial and about... 60 to 80 mils, depending on how sour you want it, of fresh lime juice and then put ice all the way to the top of the carafe and then charge the rest of the carafe with soda water and um, and that's a beautiful carafe for four people. So you can um, get a few carafes from Ikea for this kind of purpose and have them in your garage that you bring out for each feast kind of celebration and make something as simple as that your default kind of cocktail and arrival. The beauty of it is, is you can leave everything in there except for the ice and the soda in the door of your fridge. So you can make like five or six of them if you've got 20 to 30 people coming and have them all in the door of a fridge. And then as people start to arrive, that's when you can start to ice each one. So maybe you start with one or two and then pour those out and then ice the rest of them as more people arrive. And it's just such a lovely thing to to start everybody from the same place. That's what I love about a good arrival cocktail. It starts everybody together experiencing the same thing and then it takes all that stress off you having to provide beers and wines and champagnes and what else do you want and oh you know this person just it it sets a tone for hosting and I think it's a really lovely thing to do. So if you want a whole bunch more entertaining tips you're in luck 
I have two things for you. One, I have our incredible Celebrate ebook that myself and Steph on my team have put together over the last couple of months and it was released a couple of weeks ago and I know hundreds of you literally are enjoying this book as we speak, loving the recipes, loving the zero waste tips, the waste reduction tips, the DIY gifts, all the things that we've put in there. So it's not just recipes, it's holistic, it's a holistic look at low-tox entertaining And I have that available for you guys, listeners, anyone who hasn't grabbed it yet for $9 instead of $12. Now, I know that's not a huge discount, but every dollar counts in this um, time of year when our budget can be stretched a little bit. So that's at least a little something to get it under the $10 mark for you. And Lotox Sub is your code, and I'll pop the link to the ebook there if you wanted to grab yourself a copy of that. Uh, it's 113 pages, and we literally cover every aspect of Lotox Entertaining from the food to the drinks. We've got a couple of gorgeous kombucha cocktails and a, a delicious Bloody Mary, and all sorts of yummy things there. And then we've also got reducing your waste, um, making your own Christmas crackers, making your own gifts all sorts. So uh, I hope you enjoy the book. It was an absolute thrill putting it together for you guys and there's lots of goodness in there. And then the other thing that I have that you can check out if you are into getting way more tips, especially on the cooking front and the how to logistically get through big celebratory events over the next few weeks without stress and full of joy is that myself and my very good friend, Jude Blarow have come together to do a webinar tomorrow night and it's 8.30 Sydney time and all you have to do is register because you'll receive the recording if you can't quite make it or if it's a little bit early for your region. Um, Jude is an incredible Whole Foods chef with decades of experience, many cookbooks. Her wonderful Whole Food Baking book is now back in circulation. Whole Food for Children is a book that I recommend to every single parent who's just had a baby and going to be thinking about um, introducing them to food soon. Uh, She is a wealth, 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 wealth of knowledge um, and the godmother of the whole food movement in Australia. So if you're keen to learn from someone like Jude, who's just so inspiring in the whole food space, then uh, she's joined by me tomorrow for a webinar at 8.30 and I've got the link to register for that in the show notes today. Gosh, there is a lot for you guys to go and check out in the show notes today. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's going to take you an hour. You better pour a cup of tea. So, yeah, we're really excited for that. So it's 8.30 Sydney time, that webinar tomorrow night, December 5th. And if you can't make the recording, still register because then you'll at least receive the playback. And we're going to be sharing all of our tips. We're going to be answering listener questions, a whole bunch of good things. So um, if you have questions around timings, cook times, best recipes, etc., or waste reduction, or even like for me, I'm going to be looking forward to talking about the stuff around how to strategically ask for what you want at Christmas, how to make the best of gifts you didn't want to receive. You know, I'm going to be talking more about the low-tox waste management 
get better at receiving gifts, get better at saying what you want, get better at just actually affirming that you don't want anything other than their company and a lovely piece of cheese for the cheese board and, you know, all, all the all the things psychological. That's going to be my vibe and um, Jude is going to be very much on the technical food side of things, um, you know, so if you've got an aunt who's coming who's a celiac and you're not comfortable making that Christmas pudding from that, you know, family recipe gluten-free, then Jude's going to be able to answer, you know, what kind of flour is going to be best for those sorts of things. It's going to be really, really cool and we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to see your questions coming up on the webinar and going to be able to answer them live, which I just love the idea of. I've, I don't think I've ever done a webinar. For some reason, I've never gone there. So, I'm mega excited. Anyway, um, so that's a few little bits and pieces from me on staying low tox on the entertaining front. And then in terms of today's chat with uh, Vanya, Vanya Cullen from Cullen Wines, I think this is just going to be such a beautiful thing for all of us to discover. I know in talking to Vanya, I could just feel her passion as a farmer and as a winemaker and her passion for food matching and some of the produce that they grow there and then match to their foods um, with the chef and she's openly invited any low toxers who ever happen to find themselves in the Margaret River to pop by and visit, which is exciting. Hopefully we don't all go at the same time because that would be quite a few people. And for overseas visitors to Australia, the Margaret River wine region is definitely one worth visiting. It's absolutely stunning. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, just hand over to my beautiful chat with Vanya. Enjoy, guys. Hi, Vanya. How are you? Great, Alex. How are you? I'm super well, thank you. And I'm very excited to have an organic winemaker, as I know so many in our low-tox community are excited because quite often we want to start buying organic wines. We're not too sure where to start. A lot of people are worried about quality and, you know, is it going to be as good? And I think after our chat today, we're going to um, have everybody feeling far more empowered no matter where they are in the world. Can we start, though, by having you just share a little bit about yourself and how your family came to um, or founded Cullen Wines and, and just how it all how it all happened? Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, mum and dad were pretty incredible people. They had a um, gave all of our family. I'm, I'm the youngest of six. Wow. And uh, uh, yeah, a real legacy for caring about the environment. They are, you know, they mum was from Tasmania, and she, she fought, you know, to save Lake Pedda unsuccessfully. But they also were responsible in stopping the mining of the bauxite on the coastline here in Western Australia because the whole coastline was pegged for. Um, book site so um, they've really left that legacy um, and the legacy of quality wine of course so quality integrity sustainability and then when um, dad was a doctor and uh, he um, saw the effects of chemicals on his patients because at that time you know um, you know potato farming and dill drill and all those things there was no protection for the farmers so he saw that and um, you know as a consequence that affected the minimal chemical input um, that we started on the, the vineyard. But the beginnings were, uh, you know, they had the, the um, property here and um, in 1965 um, John Gladstone's sort of came down. Who's, he wrote the paper describing Margaret River as being, you know, great for quality wine production. And um, he came down to speak to mum, mum and dad and 
he, they wanted to plant lupins and he said you'd be mad to plant lupins um you, you've got to plant grapes so in 1966 um mum and dad you know got a whole group of people together along with tom Cullity um for vas felix and the mentions and they sort of created this group of people that were really keen to plant grapes after john's paper was produced so they were involved in the um you know the willie abrupt planting in 1966 and then then they um, came to plant this property in 1971 um, and that, that general enthusiasm and passion for making great wine and also with Dad's um, influence of, of uh, and Mum's too of caring for the land um, very much a part of everything we do at Cullen's and always has been and always, always will be so it's the journey of our family, you know, going forwards with that and um, making, you know, fantastic wine according to that philosophy. So feel very blessed, Alex. Yeah, I can imagine. And what an amazing thing that your mum and dad did in terms of their um, environmental work as well and to follow in those footsteps. I, I'd say that would be a pretty inspiring reason for sticking to sticking to your organic guns, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a reason and it's all about connection, you know, because we went, our journey has been about, you know, being minimal chemical input and then we went, um, mum and I went organic and became a certified organic property and then became a, um, a certified biodynamic property. And once you start on that, that path, there's no reason why you look at our vineyard now, it just, you know, the vines are so healthy because they've got a living system of agriculture with, you know, all the microbes in the soil, um, you know, um, you know, harvesting the carbon. That's another good thing, you yes. know, because we're a certified biodynamic carbon neutral and naturally powered property. Harvesting the carbon and cycling that round, and it just creates, a, you know, the, a balanced, um, in our case, grapevine, which produces, um, you know, high quality fruit but what i love is that the fruit actually isn't uh you know it's the outcome of the intelligence in the soil so if you have very intelligent soil with billions of microflora which is what we encourage with the biodynamics you're going to have you know the brain of the plant is in the root of the plant so mm. you have all that intelligence in the soil which makes you know super intelligent um fruit which you know which is also nutrient dense from all the uptake of the the um, nutrients from the soil absolutely and i mean if you think about the amount of mineral deficiencies we all have um these days from now being a full generation of of conventionally farmed produce um with weaker soils and less mineral rich soils uh you know everyone's on supplements and it's like well if we figured out how to farm better, uh, uh, then, you know, we're actually living off our land in the truest of true sense of that um, again. And and that's an amazing um, thing that you're contributing to there. But can I, to that point, like could I hear a little bit about how you guys went from your minimal chemical input? So you knew you kind of wanted to use the minimum, but you're obviously still using some, how you then journeyed to organic and then to biodynamic um, presumably without affecting your business going backwards in turnover or yield or all of those things farmers worry about in terms of will I transition or won't I, um, like just to inspire, I guess, you know, we never know who's listening and maybe there's someone out there going, oh, yeah, well, that's easy for them to say um, they don't need this for livelihood or, you know, people make assumptions and I'd just love to hear how you might uh, be able to share what you did to inspire others to do the same. 
yeah, well, it's, I mean, in, in, a, in a straight line discussion, it's, we started off as minimal chemical and then, um, you know, we, we just saw that it, with everything that we were doing, the land wasn't really responding. So we looked towards organic viticulture as a, as a solution for those problems that had come about from conventional agriculture. So, so it was the opposite way to what you're actually saying. Yeah, yeah. The old land. Because you get dead land then and then you get, you know, no matter how much, and I've had a few people say to me, you know, they, they keep putting on superphosphate or what it is, but it doesn't change anything because mm. the, the plants can actually uptake the, the nutrients so because they're not available to them. So we um, put in drainage systems. We had a little bit of, um, uh, what do you call it, um, water logging in certain parts, so we fixed that. And then we put compost on and we did um, cover cropping. Mm -hmm. And within a year, we noticed quite a big difference in the health of the vines. And um, so we, we kept going with that. Um, we had a consultant at that time um, uh, from Tasmania. Stephen David was our consultant for organics. Um, and then we, 2003, we became certified in the vineyard. And um, our vineyard manager, um, Mike Sliggers, went to a... Um, uh, biodynamic conference in Donnybrook and came back talking about it and uh, it was a year that mum passed away and I just felt it felt like the right thing to do because it, it, it sort of was the next step up if you like so if you're biodynamic means you're certified organic um, but if you're organic you're not biodynamic and, yeah. and that principle is in the use of the preparations 500 and 501 which I can talk about um, if, if you want. Oh but, yes please yes, we so, love we love a good that, nerd out so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's really where it started we just did a little trial in 2003 on our Chardonnay with the biodynamics preparations and um, it was so astoundingly the Chardonnay that was farmed with the biodynamics was so much better than the organic that um, after that we we just we didn't you know people say you should have done trials you should have proven you should have done this and it's like well what what's the difference you're just using organic and uh, um, biodynamic preparations which are you know animal mineral and plant substances <coughs> so there's no real reason to 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 worry about it so we went from there really and I, they say it takes you know um, uh, nine years before you get um, full uh, benefit of the biodynamic practice. And certainly our vineyard manager now, Matt, Matt Dermody, is like, you know, making the vines just look incredible healthy. We looked at, you know, mineral supplements and, and putting our BD preparations on regularly. And it's just, um, you know, it's fantastic to see that that transformation, um, you know, continuing. Um, <coughs> what is um, biodynamics? Um Biodynamics actually, organic came out of biodynamic, not the other way around. Mm. Uh, it was a land before organic. And organic is a is sort of like a um, um, offshoot from biodynamic. But in the 1920s, um, the German farmers were um, asked R Rudolf Steiner if he could create a, a system of agriculture because they were worried about the effects of chemicals on their fertility of their cattle and also their plants. And he uh, created um, this, uh, so it was animal, mineral, and plant-based and also incorporated the use of the planets, which is essentially, I say it, is how people used to farm before chemicals. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I don't think there's anything really new in it other than it's another form of that. Um, yeah. And so 500, the two preparations which give us our certification above um, organic, are called 500 and 501, and the preparations are 
500 to 508 um, are described as that um, because he felt his work would be destroyed by the, the Nazis because they didn't in, um, want anything to do with individual thought. So that's why they're coded like that. But 500 is um, basically uh, a substance which is full of microbiological life. And to make it, you get a cow horn, which we get from the abattoirs. Mm -hmm. um, and why a cow horn? Uh, they have the cow's horn uh, has more um, magnesium and calcium, which helps break down the, the, the um, cow manure. Mm -hmm. And we fill them, fill them with um, cow manure, preferably from cows that are lactating and um, bury them on the winter solstice which brings in the, the strongest um, earthing and water energies and so when when you when you do that you're um, you bury it under the ground then you take it out in the summer and it just comes out this you know a teaspoon will have billions of microflora and if you look at um, you know a cow has four stomachs if you look at our stomachs and my, my brother Digby's a, a gastroenterologist and he's sort of fascinated about all of this but because, you know, the human stomach's got billions of microflora, but if you look at a cow that has four stomachs, you're going to have a lot more, and then you dynamize it in the in the cow horn, and you come out with this very biologically active substance, which you dynamize on moon opposite Saturn. That is a particular um, situation which happens every, once a month, where the Earth is in the middle, and the moon and Saturn are on opposite sides. The moon is about fertility and brings the influence of calcium. Um, we all have lots of calcium in our bones, and the Saturn it brings in the influence of um, structure, which is about silica, you know, and mm. silica is sort of right here. So that's a very um, powerful time that's recommended for planting. Uh, you know, you get a, a big effect, a full moon, and also moon opposite Saturn. So we take uh, that 500 substance, which is, you know, very microbiologically alive. We dynamize it through a series of um, water water vortexes. And why the water vortex? Because if you go in one direction for an hour and then you change the direction, essentially what you're creating, order and then chaos. And that really is what life is about. And in that you create new life. And that uh, you do that for an hour. We put ours through what's called a flow form. There's different ways of, of doing that uh, other than stirring it by hand. Um and then we spray it onto the ground. Uh, we mix that in at a rate of 85 grams per hectare and we spray it onto the ground on moon opposite Saturn um, in the afternoon. And they say that's when the earth is breathing in. And and then the 501, which is quartz silica, um, is uh, we literally get the, the quartz rocks off our uh, property or neighbouring properties and grind it into a very fine powder and similarly um, used to, when the cow horns come out for the from the winter solstice we we put the um, 500 into 501 into the the or caught silica into the cow horn and bury it under the ground um, uh, on the summer solstice to bring in the influence of light and heat mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. when that comes out that's um, we do the same thing with that we put it through a series of vortexes and that goes on at a rate of um, two grams per hectare mm. and that's sprayed up into the air. That's sprayed in the morning of moon opposite Saturn um, and uh, so they say when the Earth's breathing out and that's where the five, 500, 500 brings in microbiological life and, and helps with the living system and activating everything. The 501 is more of a, a bringing in light and it helps with disease and general plant health. So they're the two. And then you have um, the other preps are 
502 to 508 based oak, dandelion, valerian, yarrow, um, chamomile, and um, we put them in other preparations. A really nice other preparation is called um, cowpat pit uh, um, uh, or um, barrel compost is another name for it, and that's made from eggshells, basalt, and cow manure, and you mix that around and also put the preparations 502 to 507 in that and put it under the ground for a couple of months, and that's that's just an incredible tonic. You, you put that in with preparations as well, um, 500 and 502 to spray on the land or, or on the vines, and that's very beautiful. Then we have our own compost that we make, um, we make, you know, something like, I don't know, 70 tonnes of compost because the soils are so ancient here, you know, they really need a lot put back after the harvest. So we're putting back um, what what we take um, mm. with the compost. Um, we use seaweed preparations, vermicompost extract, um, you know, compost extracts, um, sometimes, yeah, all sorts of goodies to sort of help things um along and to keep the, the plants plants healthy and to keep those living systems moving moving and um you know the the so that everything's healthy we have a a mid-row cover crop which we have about 25 different species um we have bees we've got about 10 beehives oh, and wow. all this is all this has taken time i mean you know we've been doing this for you know 20 or so years you don't do anything perfectly straight away and mm. so you know you have to just try and really have um commitment to it um to be able to make it work so um and it's you know it's a very joyous joyous um thing well it's joyous because you just know you're doing your absolute best for the planet really while you're making this beautiful product yeah, yeah, like there's, true, there's yeah. like everything wins in this equation. Um, and what I love about you mentioning, um, you know, taking things from the abattoir. So again, uh, everything is being used and honoring the animal's life and, and using eggshells in the yeah. um, treatment of the soil. And like, it, it really is this symbiotic illustration that in nature, um, death is life and life is death and we all live and die and have a purpose and it's about respecting each other's purpose throughout the life cycle and um, and using everything we possibly can in death. And I think that's that's amazing. I, I, my mind is blown. I, um, I, I'm really – I just know so many people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, finally someone has explained biodynamics in a, in a way that I understand. So thank you so much for going on that tangent. It was well worth it. Um, no, and we've got a little – if you come to Cullens, which you've got – you know, we have three different biodynamic gardens. Are we allowed to come and visit if we're ever in the absolutely. area? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and we have – we have um, uh, which we our chef um, – draws from and we have within that part of that is a self-guided biodynamic uh, garden tour with mm -hmm. all the pictures of everything and we have um, tours available of, of the process as well because it's a little bit to talk about it is one thing but then to see it it makes a lot more sense I when you imagine. actually see it you come here yeah, yeah and we we do invite people to, to do that and to you know because it's sort of people say oh well it's a lot of you know uh, this and that but in actual fact it's very very practical and makes a lot of sense when you start talking about um, you know the earth and having you know alive a, a soils that um, can can function properly and and you know uptake all the nutrients. You know there's no point putting nutrients on if if you if you if if the you plant can't uptake them. I agree. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and it, it sounds like um, just like what um, the wonderful regenerative farmer uh, and educated Joel Salatin says is really at the end of the day you're just a soil farmer. 
And that's the, right. The rest exactly. is a byproduct of that work that you do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Connection, that connection from soil to sky too, you know, that, that is, is, is important too. So everything is connected. And if there was one word I'd use to describe biodynamics, it was, would be say about, it's about connection. And, um, you know, that's what actually people are looking for in life, isn't it? You know, it's not just the land and the soil, it's every, everybody and oh, everything. Absolutely, Vanya. <laughs> and I can't tell you, like we run um, – education courses and one of ours is called Golo Talks and it helps people day to day figure out the more natural, more connected way of purchasing something or making something yourself for that particular aspect of your daily ritual, whether it's putting a moisturiser on or choosing clothes for the kids or washing up liquid, you know, whatever. And, um, And I can't tell you the awakenings that happen when people connect to what is actually in stuff and how to choose better and how much more satisfying and purposeful life feels when you know you're doing right by you and you're doing right by your planet. You don't Mm. need to become an activist. Not everybody needs to do that, but everybody can do something in their day-to-day life and feeling that sense of connectedness. It just just makes everything special. You buy some, I don't know, you buy buy some dish liquid and you're like, oh, yes, I'm so excited. (laughs) Like you you genuinely feel happiness and that's how it should be. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's very uplifting. Yeah, yeah. it is. Mm. Um, and so are your vines, are, are the grapes more naturally resistant to pests because they're a healthier crop? How do you deal with the pest issue? Well, um, yeah, if the, if the theory is it's like people, if they're, they're healthy and not stressed, then they don't get sick as much. And um, certainly we found um, with the, the biggest pest we have is the South African garden weevil, um, and they – so when the plants are healthy, they have a um, higher bricks level, yeah. and so that and when they have a higher bricks level, um, the weevils don't attack. So that's been they're there, but we haven't had you know any issues with them over the pre- past few years um, because of that. As an example, so there's all sorts of things that just just disappear. I mean, birds are something we have to net for birds, but that's just um, to do with I think we had it with the not fires here, but fires. Further south um, meant we had a lot of birds come here for the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, what else? I don't know. It's just that they're it's like weeds. People always say, "What are the weeds in the middle of the vine?" And I say they're not weeds; they're carbon catchers. So uh, you know, <laughs> I love it. Things that create a different different perception of what what we're told. Um, and, and just generally, if you have a strong, stronger, healthier plant, you're going to have less issues with pests and disease. Yeah, just like us. I love that analogy. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, and the other analogy I love is not to do with grapevines that someone said to me, you shouldn't ever put anything on your because your, your skin's your lar- largest organ, that you, you shouldn't ever put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat. Yeah. I love that one. I do love that one too. <laughs> You're preaching to the converted. <laughs> I know, yeah. But so it's good. Like the land. Yeah, you yeah. Anything on the land that, you know, it's the same thing that you not wouldn't natural. eat. Yeah, mm. yeah, it makes sense, and I think it's just this for for many farmers out there. It's a brave new world. It's a whole new vocab one needs to learn if one's going to commit. And but it is a vocab, and it is a set of systems, just like whatever systems someone's got going on now. And if one's prepared yeah. to learn those systems, then you can have beautiful success, which I think is is just great to hear from someone who has transitioned in that way. So that's thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And that's nice, and I love the, the realization I've had this year is like you know what we're doing with 
biodynamics and all the BD500 is we're essentially putting a probiotic on the soil, which is what we put in our bodies. It's the same idea, you know, that that microbiological life and and health is it's uh, universal. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it's the key <laughs> to overall health. Yeah. Of, yeah. um, of the planet as well. Okay, so let's actually talk about your wines. Um, <laughs> how, like, so I'm, it, let's just say I'm just drinking a whatever wine. It's not organic. It's not biodynamic. In terms of a professional tasting setting, if someone was to put a biodynamic wine against a conventionally farmed wine, same varietal, same region, is there anything you can actually taste like to a trained um, taster, um, the difference between the two? Well, as long as they're certified, um, I would say that the word is complete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they and you don't taste the parts in separation because there's no additions of, you don't have the acid addition or tannin addition or things that can happen. So you will taste that sense of completeness in the wine mm. and, and aliveness too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'd like to drink wine that's alive. <laughs> I'm ready yeah, for Christmas. And also, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Vitality and, and you know, they have a – especially with food, you notice it more. Um, I, I find that they more flexible in terms of their food pairings, and that's just an observation of our wines as we become biodynamic. It's not a fact. It's just an observation. So mm. I'm not saying facts. I'm just saying things I've observed that are, uh, you know, really – and the other fun thing that's been happening is, you know, people – we had a – at Chardonnay tasting recently and we had a flower day flower barrel because we harvest around the moon calendar and the flower, fruit flower earth and water days and a lot of people were saying to me is it a flower day today because your flower barrel wine looks incredible and I said actually it is a flower day today <laughs> and so those things can come in too the planets affect um, what the wines taste like um, you know from observation and the best days I've seen with our wines are when uh, you know you have a, a, a fruit full moon fruit day if you have a wine that's harvested on a fruit day and what, I, what I'm saying by that is Maria Thun who was a German horticulturalist did um, 30 years research looking at the influence of um, the planets on um, plant growth yeah. and she found that uh, on the you know when the, the moon was in the constellations of the fire signs leo sagittarius and aries it was good for fruit so she called those the fruit days and similarly with flowers um with the air signs and you know um the water signs were the you know the um the water days good for anything to do with um, you know things like lettuces and stuff like that and then you have the root root days which are the earth days so she categorized around that so what we do is we harvest and do everything to do with our wines on fruit and flower days and then we've also noticed that moon opposite saturn which comes in again and the full moon also have an influence on the type of wine that gets made and then when you take that to tasting um you can have that effect as as well and there's um some apps that you can download to have a look at what sort of day it is it's a flower day today so you can go out and taste of a flower day wine from Cullum's and it'll taste fantastic. How <laughs> awesome. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, how amazing. So I'll pop um, the links to those apps um, if you can share a couple with us, Vanya, yeah, in yeah, the sure. show yeah. notes for everybody so you right. guys can yeah, check fun. those out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and in terms of the wines that you make, you've mentioned Chardonnay a few times. Is that a favourite of yours? 
Oh, look, I, I love all of them, really. And we've got the four flagships. And we've got the Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blends, which I think is a, is a great wine style in Margaret River. Mm. And and then we've got a few Moonoppers and Satin wines as well that, that have come in that are a bit harvested on that day. And uh, Sauvignon Blancs in particular. Mm-hmm. And then we have our a Chardonnay, the Kevin John Chardonnay, which is named after my father. Um, yeah. And then we have Mangan Vineyards. So we have Mangan, which is um, – uh, a separate vineyard, but we have two vineyards which are all, they're all certified biodynamic, carbon neutral, and naturally powered. Um, and the Mangan Vineyard um, is just next door to the Cullen Estate that was planted in '95 to '97, and that has a Merlot Malbec Petit Verdot wine or blend. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, and Petit Verdot blend, um, a Bordeaux blend. They're the wines we have, and they're all available at Cellar Door. Um, we also have some kind of supernatural wines, if you like, like the Amber, which is a skin-fermented uh, Sauvignon Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc Semillon with low sulfur additions. Um, and so that's a white wine made like a red wine. Yeah, my um, my husband loves those sorts of natural. He calls them like sl- um, slightly fizzy and slightly, yeah. 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 Hmm. They're, they're just um, – they're fun and they have a different expression of the land. Yeah, so we've got quite a few and it's interesting if you go on the website, you can probably see which from what wine styles you like. You'll be able to, to take from there what, what you want. And, you know, people always really enjoy our wines when they taste them and, then you know, they're, they're very clean and and um, talk about the place um, very in, a, in, the, in the purest possible way because we don't add – um, yeast or malolactic bacteria or acid or anything. So they're, they're a very a pure representation of this ancient land. I mean, this land in Margaret River, 500 million years old granite rocks, it's mm. incredible. That's, you know, you, you get that connection to the place when you taste that. Um, yeah, amazing. And what are some of your favourite pairings when, you, when you're making a meal, friends are coming over, what do you, what do you love putting with what? Um, oh look, I love um, the um, Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blends with um, abalone. You know that's really good. Or oh, no, that's that's good with Chardonnay too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great with fresh asparagus from the garden because we grow our own asparagus. Um, Yum. And just as gen- general concepts, um, and the Dinamadan I love with beetroot risotto, mm-hmm. um, and mangan, the Merlot Malbec Pedivado is great with duck or with quail. Um, it's look the wines that you could have them with anything really, you know, and the amber is really good with um, with everything. It's amazing wine that's sort of paired well. Um, and the uh, Chenin Blanc dessert wine is great with our honey mousse dessert, honey ice cream dessert. Oh, yeah. Very own mm-hmm. Yeah. Delicious. I, my, I, can hear the, I can hear the keyboards typing Cullen wines into Google as we speak. <laughs> yeah, and we finished the broad bean season, but that's also another favourite. So the broad beans grow right out front of the restaurant and we just, you know, do a, um, uh, a sort of broad beans with, um, you know, uh, just a bit of olive oil and, you know, have that with a glass of Sam Sav. It's just perfect. A bit of little parmesan cheese and salt and pepper and olive oil from um, my brother's vineyard, organic vineyard, or organic olive fat grove, I mean. Oh, fab. Um, and it's just, it's just, no, it's just stunning. Mm. It's just gorgeous. Oh, well, it all sounds delicious, Vanya. Thank you so much for sharing a little window into how you have managed to have a thriving biodynamic um, uh, vineyard and um, 
I think it's just so important for people to understand how possible it is and, uh, you know, because it's yeah. all yeah. too easy to say, oh, well, actually I'm going to take the easy road and use um, conventional farming. But actually you've illustrated that by doing a bit of learning, you get a healthier, more thriving farm than you can ever hope to have. So that was that was really inspiring yeah. to see that journey. Uh, and everyone can find uh, Cullen Wines online. We've got all the details on the show notes today, plus a special little offer that Vanya has put together for us. And if you want to know what that is, you pop onto the um, website, uh, lotoxlife.com forward slash podcast, and you can see everything there. Thank you so much, Vanya, for your time today. It's been an oh, absolute my pleasure. pleasure. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, really, really lovely. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. And before I sign off, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that writes a review or leaves a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you listen to the show. We appreciate it so much. It's the best way you can say thank you because it helps us stay visible and it helps people who haven't listened to the show before but who might come across it in a search think, "Mm, I might give that a go. So I appreciate that and I'm wishing you the best week. Until next week, you can catch us on lowtoxlife.com and if you want to check out those show notes, remember to put forward slash podcast and it'll take you straight there. Otherwise, I'll also see you on Instagram. I'm always posting there. It's a little bit more uh, personal and a look at sort of how I eat and what I do and my dad's pictures of blossoms and whatever else is going on. And that's at Low Tox Life. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.